0: This episode is sponsored by Open TV, a platform for television pilots and series by queer, trans, cis women, or artists of color in Chicago. Open TV is celebrating the release of second season of its very first series, You're So Talented, by Chicago's own Sam Bailey. And if you haven't checked it out, you really should. She's dope. The show is really great. And she was a guest on a past episode of Open Ended.
1: And it's also homegrown right here in this beautiful, cold city of Chicago. And speaking of Chicago, if you find yourself here, you should definitely check out the premiere of Season 2 at The Whistler in Chicago's own Logan Square neighborhood. So remember, 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 Thursday. What date is that, Cher? February 4th. The screening starts at 7 p.m., and then after that, DJ Tess of Slow Mo is going to throw a pretty fierce dance party. That is Open TV's You Are So Talented, one of this week's sponsors of Open Ended.
2: Shit. Your wife in the backseat of my brand new foreign car. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is Open Ended Podcast. I'm Cher Vincent.
1: And I'm James T. Green. And as we are here with a brand new episode, we'd like to give you some brief reminders. Our first reminder is that our open up segment that we introduced in our live show will continue to be a regular feature on all future shows where we don't have a guest. And where can you find that URL share?
0: X.FM slash OpenEndedFM
1: And also, aside from that, we need your money. We need money to make this thing run. We need money so we can afford to get here by bus and train. Pay the bills. And pay our bills. Groceries aren't cheap.
0: You can go to OpenEnded.FM slash donate or you become a member at Patreon starting at $1 a month at Patreon.com slash OpenEnded.
1: And mainly we want to get ourselves a brand new portable recorder, one of those fancy Zoom H6 doodads.
0: Mm-hmm. They look really sexy. They We really want one are. in our lives. So they really are. You should go to patreon.com openended open-ended and uh, help us out with that.
1: And last but not least, we want to know how we're doing with this mm-hmm. show. We can't become a better show without you. So we have a couple ways that you can contact us. How do we do that?
0: You can go to our website at openended.fm slash contact. You can email us directly at podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at openendedfm.
1: So we are incredibly thrilled to have Veronica Corzo Ducart here in the studio and right across from us. Hey, Veronica.
2: Hey.
0: Thank you so much for joining us this week. We're so happy to have you. I'm really excited to be here. Me
1: too. <laughs> so, for people who have no idea who you are, who are you and how do you fill your time?
2: I am an artist and designer, and uh, I usually fill my time uh, creating artworks, mostly print based artworks. Um, I'm a screen printer and also teach and work with clients on um, usually cultural institutions and other cultural clients.
1: You have such a diverse practice, and... It's something that really interests us, don't you think, Cher?
0: Definitely, because she Be, uses so many different platforms.
1: Right, and it's like you exist in this digital space, but at the same time, you love your tactile goods.
0: I do. I yeah. do.
1: and and pers- I
0: relate to that so much because I love tangible items, mm-hmm.
1: and I don't relate to that
2: at <laughs> all. <laughs> I
1: know
0: you. So. I know. You
2: <laughs> I know. It's
1: okay. But I
0: was like, yes, somebody that I can, like, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, with. Like,
1: so I'm like, y'all can play around with your notebooks and all that. <sighs> okay. But yeah. So, like, how the hell do you keep this, like, different mindset from wanting to fight with one another?
2: Oh, God. I don't know that I do keep it from fighting with one another. Um, I. Work with mostly objects and that have some sort of like historical context to them, and you know I also end up scanning these things, photographing them so they inevitably become a digital object for me to work with uh I scan them uh so they they have both like alive in both you know both places
1: but the thing that I do kind of find really terrible about digital work is. Kind of like this loss of archiving, which reminds, yeah. you, which reminds yeah. me a lot of, like, the collection that you've been working on um, for how long? It's, it's been a while, right?
2: Uh, yeah, it started in 2011, yeah. And, I mean, the project ran for 29 weeks, so it sort of closed at that point. Mm-hmm. I still, you know... Talk about it, and still it's still live up on the website. I did this project called the Nature Collection, which is my grandfather's name, mm. Nature. Uh, and when he passed away, we were very close. Um, when he passed away, I acquired a lot of his belongings. He was an accountant. My whole family is Cuban, so it was like a mix of things. That it was a mix of some of his tools of the trade from being an accountant, a lot of historical documents from Cuba, and also a lot of my toys that he used to like to keep safe by stealing. Um, <laughs> so I didn't really know what to do with the with these items for a while, but they were always really um, inspiring to me in my work. And I eventually started documenting them, photographing them, and then I did a daily blog where I posted it. Um, every single day, I posted one or more of the items. And then at the end of the week, I did a screen print based on one or more of the items from that week so it ended up being a total of 149 objects and 29 screen prints very
1: cool and that's like super interesting because it's almost like the screen printing is like the non-digital version of clicking on an item and Mm -hmm. doing an option drag and copy and reproducing and it's like this strange I'm taking a physical object, I'm Mm -hmm. digitizing it, then I'm making it physical again, and then I'm digitizing it as an archive. And it's this continuous copy, paste, copy, paste, like almost like a deterioration in some sort of way.
2: Yeah, I'm in this constant feedback loop. I don't know. Um, I really, I mean, I enjoy being able to manipulate it on screen and being able to play with it in that way. And that way I also get to highlight some of the tactile qualities and some of those textures. Um, but, yeah, it ends up going back from, like, digital to physical to physical to digital mm. and then back again. So yeah. why
1: a blog? Like, why not have it be something that is, like, personal and to yourself and maybe, like, in a paper journal?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do a blog because... I thought some of the objects might be interesting to other designers. Uh, You know, some of the vintage packaging and old design objects. So I thought people might be interested in that. Uh, I didn't think they'd be interested in all these other weird things that my grandfather kept. Uh, But I was really surprised to see what, you know, what people were interested in. Part of it for me was like keeping myself to task making it a public project saying i'm gonna do this blog it's gonna go up every single day i have to do this i had some sort of sense of accountability of people like following along and you know seeing everything so i wanted to i wanted to create some sort of public archive in that way
1: you you and i specifically we've talked on like a couple of panels mm-hmm. throughout the city mm-hmm. and um Together. Other, yeah, together: yeah, together <laughs> of all mm-hmm. things and um, in other locations too. and we're both people that identify as people of color mm-hmm. um, and we also like try to navigate this life of figuring out when we decide to. Give a talk, you know, if we feel like we're being pandered or, or yeah. we feel like we're giving like a valid voice.
0: And that's something I definitely was interested in because, you know, yeah. coming from like a third party perspective, I've never really done panels. I'm always coming as an audience member. And I always, even for me, like deciding to like be an audience member in these kind of panels, like, is this being clear
2: towards me or is it just filling in a void? Well, I say no. I mean, I definitely ask when somebody approaches me about speaking or doing, uh, you know, a panel discussion or something, I definitely ask to see what their policy is, like, mm-hmm. you know, who they're reaching out to and are they prioritizing, you know, bringing in people of color, bringing in, you know, queer folk, you know, d- you know disabilities, everything. Um, and that's just something I ask now when people email me, yeah. you know, uh, what's your policy and what, you know, what are you doing to actively look for people?
0: Right, like there's another their first rodeo doing that because yeah. that's always like a red flag.
2: Right, and <laughs> then, you know, the other thing is, you know, do they even know about my work? Like, did they approach mm. me in a way that sounds like they know about me or are interested in me? Um, How do you and do I that? do that, I mean, I guess you can't really test it, but it does come across in like, you know, the first introduction email. If somebody like approaches you and really is like, Oh my God, James, I love what you're doing with, you know, X, Y, and Z. And these, you know, these things, I really think that you would lend a particular voice as opposed to just like, oh, hey, um, we're doing this talk on Wednesday. Can you come and talk as an artist? Sure. You know, and it's just like, um, did you just like find my name somewhere? Do you know who I am? Have you seen my work? You know.
0: And even like when I see like panel, like panelists, um, like the list of the panelists, you want to have to have more than just like, we're both artists in common. Yeah. You want to have like the actual art and what kind of art you do as be a little more, a a little more, deeper not just surface because you both happen to be artists that shouldn't be the only reason why you're on a panel
2: right and just yeah. thinking about like topics of conversation mm-hmm. like um you know what are we tired of talking about what are we tired of hearing about mm-hmm. i don't know
1: what are you tired of hearing about oh god on panels
2: <laughs> um
1: like if you had to eliminate like three panels
2: right if now, i had to eliminate three panels
1: topic ideas
2: I could probably kill the art versus design debate. I think it's just, I'm not really interested in the answer as much (laughs) as like the work it produces. Like, you know, like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really care about the label. Um, I guess the do what you love talk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, I do what I love. I do and I, I stand behind that for sure. But we've also had that conversation for a while now. Mm-hmm. yeah um but or i guess i guess the sense of having what, what irritates me is is having that conversation without context mm. um and people so i'm going to take it back i want to continue having this conversation but i want to have this conversation like for real like i want to know i want people to be like this is how i afford to do what i love i keep really low overhead I have a partner who pays for my bills. I um I have a, a day job. Like yeah. I have, you know, I'm just a little tired of the sort of like um, just clearing, like just saying like, oh, just do what you love. And I'm yeah. not going to tell you that I have like a partner who's like an investment banker. Right. And I or- think that's a
0: conversation <laughs> that's totally missing out of these artist talks, too. It's just a money factor of it. No one yeah. wants to talk about money. And that's in so many other conversations as well. Um, not just in art, but like in all types of um, media conversations. Mm-hmm. But it's just a topic that no one wants to talk about, but they have to talk about it at some point because it's a real concern. Mm-hmm. You don't you, know, you don't know everyone's backstory as far as like where their money is coming from. But so it's, But it's good to know this so you can have that kind of context behind how they're making this work.
2: Yeah, so I guess I'm more interested in like how you do what you love. Like what are the, you know, the mm-hmm. seven jobs you have to do yeah. to, be able to do that because it's real
1: but how can i how can a talk like that come across without it sounding almost like self-congratulatory well excuse me like back patting yeah you know what i mean like how can something like that come off as um something that's interesting because i've heard talks like that too mm-hmm. and they've also been kind of like yeah
2: yeah
0: i read this great article on uh, npr but i don't know it was atlantic but like how they were saying like diversity shouldn't be a person
2: oh yeah
0: and i think that is something that like people are using that word diversity as a buzzword and it's lost all meaning i think in a lot of ways because it's not really about like no one's really diversifying and it's not so much the surface level thing it's something that's systematic Uh and it's 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 Way more far reaching than they're actually giving it credit for, and they're not actually doing anything about it. But there's like, oh, we'll just put like a public face and make up the diversity. And it's, it's annoying because they were using um, um, Ava Devane, uh, uh Devane, is that how I pronounce her? Name? Um, I'm terrible at names, mm, me too. But um, she was the director of Selma, uh-huh. and how she is um, having a television series on the own network and she's hiring all females, which uh-huh. is awesome. But, like, and she's at Sundance right now and doing fundraising and all that good stuff. But, like, they put just one face out there and think, like, oh, yeah, we're solving the problem because we have, like, one black woman doing it. Like, awesome we got things. it. Check and it's it. just, like, you can't make diversity just a per- one person. Mm-hmm. It has to be so much more. And I think that what with artists talks, you know, when they have, like, you know, they talk like, you know, the token mm-hmm. diversity and they try to have a conversation about it. It's it's it's, it's scratching the surface. It's never actually digging DM deep and I think like yeah, these conversations should happen, but they need to be they need to be more.
1: Yeah, how much of it is actually diversity and how much of it is just having different people, different points of views tell stories mm-hmm. from their point of view. Exactly. I mean, that's you a know? thing. Like I feel like um that's something that is valid and should be taken of at least in like the large diversity talk. Is that okay? Like maybe, like let's eliminate that idea of we have to make the check marks. But let's think about like economically, like what's the Mm -hmm. value of having different points of view?
2: Yeah, I think it it you know it makes for much more interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. It makes for you know people different uh, intersections of people being able to relate to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's a really good point too because it's not just about uh, you know bringing in token representations but it's also it's about bringing in like diverse stories there was
0: a reply all episode can't yeah. bring reply all mm-hmm. on our show but there was one it was about the guy who worked at twitter as a black engineer okay and how like there was this article talking about where people put their catch up and like people some put people ca- put ketchup in the refrigerator uh-huh. and then people put that ketchup in their cupboard or pantry and how like that difference says so much about who they are as a person and how that is different. Because like say for instance, you may not have a ketchup and you open your refrigerator for your ketchup. You're, you're, there's a different, sex, different kind of condiment option. But uh-huh. then if you have it in the cupboard, there's a total different one. Like you have like vinegar, you have like all these warm products in the cupboard, but then in the refrigerator you have like mayonnaise or, must um, right. mayonnaise or mustard and stuff like that. So that kind of just something as simple as where you put your ketchup. Yeah. And then with like people put their ketchup in the refrigerator if they're like more like wasps or like that kind of cis white male topic. But then also um people put their ketchup in the cupboard is usually British people or Southerners. Okay. So yeah, and that but that's that something
1: simple as that says so much about who that person is. So um let's say you know we're gonna give some free advice here you know so what advice would you say is some ground to cover still in the diversity conversation
2: um i think we still need to talk about uh bringing more diverse people together to have like conferences and conversations i think um I think the biggest thing I'm irritated about is when I hear people say that they just don't get enough people applying. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. it's just like, "Well, we really wanted women." Yeah, see, that's where But we I just get got pissed. all these men. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." And I'm just like, well, we just got all
1: these dudes here."
2: I just don't know what They're to do. They're just so easy to contact. It.
0: Fuck you. I get so pissed about yeah. that shit. And it's like dude you gotta you gotta you gotta do better you've got to yeah. be more active like you can't just expect everybody to come to you you've got to like engage and
2: i think i just you know i just want to hear different stories yeah. i was able you know i i gave a talk in portland this um fall and it was nice like i had somebody come up to me and was like really appreciative that i was there and you know representing a like a queer person on stage and that makes me feel really good that somebody was able to like you know connect with my experience and my story more Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. uh so I think those kind of issues are really important just to just to see more conversations and more stories in in this way Mm -hmm. and I think you know
1: that even relates back to teaching too Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. of being that like point of visibility and seeing like other people that can relate to you
2: Yeah, I I do think that there is something really powerful about visibility, you know, in media. And I think it's particularly important in the classroom, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, I think that that's something that more universities need to be working Mm -hmm. on is getting more diverse professors, uh, Mm -hmm. more diverse faculty. So I think that those are conversations that still need to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's that same thing we were talking about. where like, we need to continue having this diversity conversation because it's just having a person on the panel doesn't mean you've covered it. This is such a good talk, but um, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Winter Bureau. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can find me on Twitter at Winter Bureau. Um, And where else am I? Where's your blog? Uh, Naturecollection.com is the blog for the project I was talking about. Um, and it's Neche, N-E-C-H-E. Um, and then I have my design site, winterburo.com.
1: We're going to take a short break to pay some more bills. So we'd like to let you know about our second sponsor here at Open Ended, and that is Basecamp. When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do, people know where things are, And you stay on top of everything all the time. And that is Basecamp, our second sponsor here at the Open Ended Podcast. And we'd like to give a special shout out to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative for hooking up this sponsorship with Basecamp. If you'd like to know more about the Chicago Podcast Cooperative, or if you're interested in sponsoring with them and joining the network, please visit chicagopodcastcoop.com.
0: is open mic as you probably already know open mic is when we do mini debates with our guest, and it's usually me versus the guest james versus the guest and then open-ended versus our guest so veronica and i are going to be debating about teaching methods micro versus macro management mm-hmm. mm. so the clock will start in three two one so i'm all for micromanaging okay. teaching which is weird because i hate being micromanaged
1: <laughs> <laughs> so okay <laughs> but
0: i think with teaching i like being very engaged with my students i like having a complete open door policy I, I don't believe in office hours i'm like come to me come at me bro like if you have a question if you have a concern if you me to help you with something i'm here and i like being very involved
2: Well, I mean, I'm engaged with my students as well, but I think it's also, I'm the kind of teacher who feels really strongly about providing resources for my students, pointing them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they can email me and everything, but they also, I feel like, need to be thoughtful about what they're asking. And I'm always willing to, like, meet with students outside of the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm much more hands-off in that sense where I'm just like... Uh, I, I do my best to give them all of the resources I can possibly think of mm-hmm. and then and examples and sure. and sources and then just One sort of let left. them okay. Yeah, I, I think, just let them go.
0: Yeah and also too, because you you teach taller students. I was teaching elementary school students so it's definitely a different a little, mindset. And sometimes I'm, it's a different mindset. Sure. <laughs> and I think like I don't know like because of the to the type of students I was doing with uh, lower income families, yeah. I felt this need to, like, coddle them a little bit more just because they weren't getting the kind of attention they were – because I was tutoring.
2: That's a different situation, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And so, like, I felt like I needed to engage a little bit more just because they weren't getting the attention they needed in the classroom. because I was tutoring mostly. But, like, I, I would buy my students school supplies. Like, I was very, like, involved in their lives. And I just think because – I think there's a different mindset, just particularly the types of students you're working with and just having that kind of fluidity.
2: Yeah. And I think it's important, too, for like students that I'm teaching, which a lot of times are going into um, either the professional art field or the professional design field and giving them a sense of like, this is professional etiquette.
0: OK, so next one is James and Veronica, and they're going to be discussing notebooks versus iPads. Ooh, the analog versus digital conversation is going to start in one. Well, three. Two, one.
1: Notebooks suck.
2: But come <laughs> on now. What? What? Okay, my notebook does not run out of battery. I don't Ooh. know about yours, but yeah, but you
1: uh, run out of paper. So um, I'm just saying.
2: Then no, you can always find a little yeah. scrap So, so like, so like,
1: think about this. All right, you can either run out of paper, you can run out of ink, you lose your pen. If you get it wet, it's done.
2: That's the same thing with your iPad. Though. Uh
1: but okay. all the stuff is backed up. So I can access it anywhere. What if you're so doing du- no dumb
2: and don't, ha- and don't back it up? Share. <laughs> you're like, this is not share. part of the debate right now. It's not your debate. Um, but then <laughs> you miss all these little perfect moments, like you know when you spilled your coffee and then you remember that because you like okay got that on half of your notebook and it's just you can a talk messy, about-
1: messy notebook.
2: It's, a, it's a, um, a trace of a moment. It's
1: a trace, but then it's like, but it completely eliminates the actual necessary proper usage of that notebook, which is to capture information. So what if you can't even access that information? Then what,
2: what about when by, you know, you can't um, update to the latest uh, operating system or some things, and now I have like a, an outdated program i can't use anymore but that
1: argument is completely invalid because you can obviously just export that information and then just either if you want to print it out you can you what can print happens it out. when i'm in
2: an airplane and i need to like check my my notebook and i i don't have access to it offline
1: airplane mode it's already backed up <laughs> offline come at me <laughs> notebooks suck
2: <laughs> what if you can't recharge your battery what if you're, like, in the desert?
1: It's backed up. It's backed up. I can access it on something that's either plugged in. What you got for
2: There's me? There's no plugs. There's no plugs in the desert. <laughs> I don't know why what we're on a your desert paper, island. What if your paper catches on fire because it's too hot? That would really suck.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Notebooks. Trash. Mm. Zero on the clock. Boom. Oh,
2: I see how you did. Damn.
0: <laughs> so, last debate is... Me and James, open-ended versus Veronica. And this is completely random, but we have some views on this. (laughs) Missy Elliott
1: versus Queen Latifah. This is valid. Um, We're putting three minutes on the clock, by the way. And that is in three, two, one.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, do we all agree on this or cuz I'm <laughs> no. saying like Queen Latifah. I'm saying Queen Latifah too. Oh,
0: damn
1: it. I think we all
0: agree on this. But but Shit. I can, but I definitely have some Missy Elliott feels. So Oh, yeah, no. I mean, okay. Missy
2: is amazing and this is it's a hard debate because Yeah,
1: cuz well, there wouldn't be a Missy without Queen.
0: Totally. True. Absolutely. And like I love their music so so much. So so much. Like Super Duper Fly is Desert Island album for me. Mm-hmm. definitely but then so is Queen Latifah self-titled
1: like I
2: also <sighs> though can we just talk living single I mean uh, you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. Yeah. Single, okay, but, okay but you
1: know what you know I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some Queen Latifah uh, slander because like okay. Queen yeah. Latifah did put out some garbage movies which does like put her lower on the totem pole I mean what was that what was that movie with Common the was ho- trash.
0: holiday, holiday, something. That
1: movie was trash. But that set movie it off was, was
0: amazing. Yeah, but set it
1: yeah, but you got like three trash movies, but then you got an awesome movie like set it off. You know, and they then you one movie with Martin.
0: But yeah, bring down the house. Yeah, but mm-hmm. then she was But then she was also in Chicago and was only for an Oscar. I know, I know. Like I know. she's a badass, and she also had a talk show, and I loved the shit out of that talk show. Okay,
1: so like Queen Latifah, like like definitely like you got your some goods, and you got some real bad lows. Missy has just been consistent. Yeah. So, does Missy that mean is, that like Missy has not uh, yeah. tried hard enough in trying new things? Yeah, that's
0: the thing. Like, she's pretty she much stayed. She's... she's pretty much stayed in music and production. She really hasn't done much of acting. Mm-hmm. I think the most acting she did was like in her music videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's um, the thing.
1: Like, it's all good, but it's, it's, it's so all pretty consistent. consistent. Like, yeah. it's all like her sound has been kind of. So we're Same.
2: saying, we're saying, Missy, if you're listening right now, like branch out a little bit, yeah, right? Girl. Like, try different things. Have a talk show. Have a podcast. Yeah, put, out a tra-
1: put out a trap song. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Put out yeah. <laughs> yeah, <presumably laughs> we'll a future or something. Come I don't on. know.
2: It's okay to fail. You're much trapping. We're here.
1: What's do, up? <laughs> sorry. Do, do, do a garbage movie with do like, it. I don't know, Martin Lawrence. Like, what?
2: Yeah, let's <laughs> do it. That would be amazing. Let's okay. bring Martin Lawrence back yes. to do uh, something with uh, Missy Elliott. Elliot. Oh, yeah, because,
1: man. Oh, man, Martin Lewis did that really trash. Missy Elliott, Martin,
2: that's like that's an
0: alliteration right there, man. Mm, Missy uh Elliott and Martin Lawrence. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. We're going to see Elliott.
1: Bad Boys (laughs) 4. Bad Boys 3. Bad Boys 3. Which is a
0: Bad Boys 3. It's being written right now. So guys, writers of Boy Boys 3, bring some Missy Elliott in there. Missy Elliott
1: was in like Fast and Furious 10. Oh my God.
0: And it I and I love so the bad. franchise now. I'm like mm-hmm. I to like an update for less than Callback. Call so. back. <laughs> Call back. The last episode. Yeah, um yeah. I've watched four episodes of rent of Fast and Furious and I'm holy
1: shit, I'm like totally in it to win it now. If if Mithiela had to be in one movie franchise, what would you say? I say she would be in rent too. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> she would be in rent too?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. What about you, Cher? Fast and Furious. I'm I'm in close on that for sure.
2: Oh man, now I got the Fast and Furious going. I don't know. I'm going to go Fast and Furious too. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good cuz like <laughs> it makes so
0: much sense. <laughs> At times of James,
1: it's 6:14 and 44 seconds. Which yeah. is Central Daylight Time. Which is Which is I believe it is a call that is open. Yep. Huh. It is open call time. Oh my god. Open call. You see. Why. Wow, right. so excited, <laughs> guys! <It's
0: open> <laughs> so Veronica, as our guest, what is your open call this week?
2: Um, uh, well, I've been working like crazy, um, this week, printing some new stuff, and so my open call has been going, uh, going to my friend's place and decompressing and watching Trisha Miranda choreography videos on YouTube, and I've just like <laughs> fallen into this like deep whole of like choreographed street dance videos (laughs) that's so great um yeah i mean they got missy on there they got queen latifah on (laughs) there i'm just um i don't know i made that up yeah
0: (laughs) they should they
2: do they do have missy and rihanna um so yeah i just have gotten into this like feedback loop of
0: just
1: keep clicking the related just
0: videos.
2: Just clicking and related you're... videos. Or just letting go. Or just letting go. just
0: go. Like, cause sometimes, you know, on YouTube, you just like, you know, coming up next. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. I to yeah. let it
2: Just then let it ride. It ride.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Dancing videos are the absolute best. Right? This and then morning, I'm like, why can't I dance like this morning, um, friend of the show and life partner of myself, it Fanae is. Wilson-Green, we found ourselves watching dance videos of, like, Kid from Atlanta doing the dab. Oh. And it's just like... I'm going to go home look that up. <laughs> oh, you don't know the dab? Okay. Okay, we'll have to show that to okay. you. We're going to have to show you to you. Like... Sorry, <laughs> people who are not listening just um, knew, knew I did the dab.
0: To... Yeah, we had to do the dab. It was
1: great. Well, I'm glad. That's a really good open call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What go about up. you, James? All right, so my open call this week is a book I just finished by Cal Newport, and the book is called Deep Work, and the reason why I really, really enjoy this book is it came right in, right on time because I was just starting to teach my first class, and I knew I was going to have to severely, severely um, section out my time better and be much better with time management. Um, so Deep Work, what it does is it talks about the importance of focus in the tasks that you do. And setting aside time for focused activity versus shallow work, which is work that can kind of be done with, like, a less mental state. So it talks about how to enter in deep work in a much better way and kind of defines it with a lot of different case studies. Also, Cal Newport is, like, low-key brilliant, and every book that I've read from his has been outstanding. Um, so it's, like, a super quick read. It's about 250 pages. I finished it in, like, three days. Um yes. But it's been integral in, like, how I manage email now as, like, running a business and um, being better with my time and being able to have time at night to just chill and not always think about Mm work. So, yeah, deep work. Real good work.
0: Nice. Uh, My open call this week. I didn't
1: even, I didn't even, like, lead you in. I wanted to lead you in. Okay. Share. What's your open call? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Come on. Yeah. Sorry. I'm yeah, a little hyped sure. about this because it's really good. Um, so,
0: a podcast that I listen to pretty much on a bi-weekly basis because it goes on every week, every other week, is uh, Switched on Pop. It's a great podcast on pop culture, on um, pop music, and like a, you know definitely dick's deep and just the not just the surface level of what pop music is but what it can be and how it's been throughout the years. And this episode is so great, it's called Click with Dick and Other Campaign Anthems and it talks about all the um, from you know 18th century political campaigns to like from George Washington to all the way up to this current campaign and talking about songs that were actually written for campaigns as opposed to using. Um, musician rights and to live, um, you know, clapbacks and all of that other kind of um, backlash of people you know, using campaign songs from artists who don't really necessarily want them to use their music uh-huh. and it's been, it was really interesting but the, my favorite part of this episode was the last 10 minutes or so when um, one of the hosts he's giving his dissertation in um, 1930s jazz which is one of my favorite moments of pop music ever and just kind of like taking you on a trip down memory lane about the whole culture of 1930s Harlem jazz music and all the cultural appropriation that people have used since then um, using the kind of cool factor of black music and how it kind of trickled down throughout the years and how it kind of started in the jazz movement. There was like segregated white clubs that we used jazz but then like the cool club was the black one and how it's always been Kind of in pop culture and in pop music, and how the mainstream, when it's kind of stale, they kind of borrow the kind of black culture and put it into the music that we're listening to. Sounds familiar. So, yep. yeah, and just like, and also this, you know, going back to the like two white guys talking about diversity, it was really nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was really nice to like hear <laughs> these two white guys talking about it, but like in a woke way. And I was like, fuck yeah, Nate, like, thank you for for saying it in a way that like wasn't offensive. And I wasn't upset at the end of the episode. I was like really looking forward to hearing what this guy has to say. And it was in an educated way. It wasn't so much as a, I'm a white guy doing it. Like he like prefaces, like we're going to talk about stuff that might be uncomfortable for you. Yeah. And it's like, good. I'm glad you know that. And uh, yeah. So shout out to switch on pop. They're a great podcast. If you don't know about them, you should know about them. You should subscribe. I highly recommend it. So yeah, that's my call out this week.
1: episode 39 39 looking boy yeah we've made it we, we did made it.
0: it 39 episodes we i don't know we keep on doing this we keep on putting this stuff out and it just keeps on just turning do it that's i'm great. so happy and uh yeah we are lo- last episode in our 30s oh wow god it's time to reflect i guess i think that's when you're 39 like you reflect in your life and think you're like huh i didn't fuck up too much right
1: So until we get all up in your 40-year-old DMs, we want to give a shout-out to the Chicago Podcast Co-op for letting us be a part of their network, and again, leaving more coconut oil stains on your table. We want to give a special shout-out to uh, our Chicago Podcast Co-op shout-out this week, and that is MBSing. What does MBSing share?
0: MBSing is host Mary Beth Smith. And she cuts the BS out of conversation by discussing a topic her guest unabashedly loves, thus discovering why people love what we do and how that passion affects us. And that is MBSing here at the CPC.
1: And we want to give another shout out to our one of our sponsors this week, and that was Open TV. So remember, 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 Thursday. What date is that, chair? February 4th. There is going to be the... You're so talented. Season two screening. If you're in Chicago, check it out. It's at the Whistler in Chicago's Logan Square neighborhood. 7 p.m. I believe is when it starts.
0: And if you can't make it, you should go to Open TV. We are Open TV. We are Open TV. We, sorry,
1: we are Open TV.
0: We are open. TV. Yeah, you should go there. <laughs> we are professionals.
1: Yes,
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you should go and check out not just season two, but also season one, which is a really great triumph for Sam Bailey and her team, mm-hmm.
1: and all their other shows. Speaking mm-hmm. about visibility and like telling stories, so they much are doing great stuff. dope shit here. Yeah, Chicago in Redenburg.
0: Chicago, and it's you know just visibility, man. Mm-hmm. We need it, mm-hmm. and y'all need to support it.
1: Yeah, y'all do. And we want to give another special thanks to Cards Against Humanity for letting us use their space. Thank you, Cards. Thank you, Cards. And as always, our outline was written by Cher and myself. And in case y'all forgot, who did the music?
0: U1F60C, which is Unicode for the Blissed Emoji and James Musical Side Project.
1: Oh, who knew? So, so as always, as always, we realized that a lot of you fine listeners and you are beautiful listeners Mm -hmm. listen to us on um, apple's podcast app so right in that podcast app it can let you leave a review right from our episode page so you should do that so you should like pull over if you're in a car leave us a review it takes like two minutes and you can rate us if you're on if you're on the bus don't look at that person that's right across from you right now Because they are creepy as fuck mm-hmm. You should write us a review If you're in Chicago, you can't say you're underground Because we know that there's LTE underneath the subways right now Both on blue and red If you're in New York, wait till you cross over from Brooklyn to Manhattan And Union give, us a, yeah, Union, give Union us a review Square, Yeah, Give us a review And if you're using Overcast Because we have a good chunk of y'all using Overcast right now Swipe up on that album art and hit recommend That lets people know that this podcast is dope, mm-hmm. and it tells other people that too, mm-hmm. and it helps us get discovered. Yes, and you um, can
0: find us on Stitcher.
1: Yeah, because people still use Stitcher. <laughs> hey, <laughs> don't make straight at Stitcher's users, okay?
0: So that's, that's a demographic we need, okay? That's, it is. it that is. is. Those are Android users, so uh, No, yeah.
1: no. Okay, Oh uh, yeah, and speaking of Android users, Pocket Cast. Y'all use Pocket Cast. It's great. So you should definitely leave a review for us. You can't do it in Pocket Cast, but... You know, keep you podcasts. It's or
0: great. rate us a five star yeah. on iTunes. Do that. You can donate and become a member at openended.fm slash donate or at patreon.com slash openended.
1: Because we're making art for you week by week. And we need to pay bills. Yeah, we do. And as we say at the end of every episode, keep things open ended.
0: That sounds like a hot-ass take.
1: I'm excited. Yeah. Hot-ass take. Hot-ass take. Pipe, pipe and hot mm. take.
0: Sss.
1: Hear that? That's hot-ass take. <laughs> Hear that, Salon? Uh, Hear that, Jezebel? Uh, Got a hot take for your hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the closing. Yes, sir. All right, so we're closing it out
2: in three, two, one.